0: Happy New Year, everyone. I am Pastor Lori and I hope you all have had a wonderful holiday season. We have missed being with you. We we, we missed being with you last Sunday, but the staff is very, very grateful for that brief period of rest of that one Sunday um, that that we were afforded um, after such an incredibly busy ministry season. But now we are ready to be back and to kick off a new year with you. We hope you guys are ready too. I'm actually pretty excited to jump into this new series this week uh, because we're going to be taking the first few weeks of the year to talk about some things that we think you should consider as you're thinking about your goals for 2021. And as you're trying to decide what you want this new year to bring for you. I think it's going to be a great way for us to start the new year as individuals, but also as the E3 community. Now, this is the time of the year when most people are normally assessing their lives and and the past year and trying to decide what they might want to change about themselves or improve about themselves, and then setting some goals that they think will get them closer to where they should be. I actually believe it's very important to set goals. When you're not moving toward a specific target, you're more likely to just aimlessly wander, right? So I actually found this quote from Mark Twain that talks about goals. It simply says this, without dreams and goals, there is no living, only merely existing. And that is not why we are here. And you know what? He's right. That is not why we are here. We were not created to simply exist in this world. We were created for a much bigger purpose. And we're gonna talk some more about that in a few minutes. Here's something that I think is important for us to remember about goals. It doesn't matter if your goal for 2021 is to spend less or eat less, or work less, or weigh less, or if it's to rest more, or to learn more, or to exercise more, or to save more. The important thing for you to know is that none, none of those things are gonna happen in 2021 or any other year for that matter, unless you are intentional about making them happen. You're not going to just stumble into the changes that you want to see in your life. You have to be very intentional about laying out some specific steps and some specific timelines for each one of those steps. This is true for the changes that you want to see in your family, the changes that you want to see in your financial picture, in your physical health. And it's also true for the changes you want to see in your spiritual life as well. You are not likely to experience the transformation that you are hoping for without a well thought out plan. A plan that has a deadline attached to it and a plan that you have invited others into to help hold you accountable for each one of the steps. So as you are considering what transformation you wanna see in your life over the course of this new year, we're going to be exploring what transformation looks like within our community. Now, we actually know what one of our goals as a community is every year because it's quite simply, it's our vision statement. And at E3, we describe our vision statement as our preferred future. It is a picture of who we want to be as a church. It's our goal. And at E3, our vision statement is this, It's that we will be an irresistible community of radically transformed disciples dwelling at the intersection of deep faith, authentic community, and emerging culture. You guys have heard us say it before. We're gonna keep saying it until everybody has it. We think it's important. This is who we want to be. So through our first series of this year, we're going to unpack that vision statement to see what it means for our church and what it means for each one of us as part of the irresistible community. We're going to do that, at least in part, by looking at the Apostle Paul, who, if you know very much about him at all, you know that he could be considered the poster child of radical transformation from the Bible. We're going to take a look at his life and some of his teachings to hopefully draw out what a community of radically transformed disciples looks like as we enter this new season and this new year at E3. Now, we've titled this series Dangerous Intersections, and we did that with a couple of things in mind. First, we really wanted to grab your attention. Our interest as people is always piqued when we hear the word dangerous, right? I mean, it grabs us and makes us stop and pay attention. Dangerous. But the second reason is that we've titled it Dangerous Intersections is because we believe that when the local church is a community of radically transformed disciples who are dwelling at the intersection of deep faith authentic community, and emerging culture that we are living in, the impact on the world around us should be huge. So when we say dangerous, we mean hold on to your hats, folks, because something big is about to happen. You see, to a lot of people, it can seem dangerous and even a little scary to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves to be part of something that has a huge impact or the potential to have a huge impact on the world around them, even if it's a really great thing. But that is exactly what our goal is here at E3 this year and every year, is to make an impact on the world around us by leaning into the radical transformation that has happened within us and then to invite others to join us in doing that. So, as I mentioned throughout the series, we're going to be taking a look at the life of Paul. And on this first week, we're going to start with a quick look at just who this guy Paul was. The first thing that I want you to know is that Paul is also sometimes referred to as Saul in the Bible. And he could be described by some as public enemy number one to the Christians of his time. He was Jewish and a member of the Pharisees, which were known to be very strict keepers of the law. The law being God's law, plus a lot of other laws that the Pharisees added to God's law. Paul was actually quite religious, and he knew the Bible very well. But because of that, he viewed the Christian movement as a dangerous threat to Judaism. So he actively pursued and persecuted Christians. He witnessed and even approved and condoned the stoning death of Stephen, who was an outstanding leader and teacher in the Christian movement. Seriously, Paul was not the guy you wanted to be around if you were a follower of Christ. As we heard in the verses from Acts 9 that were read for us a little bit ago this, uh, earlier this morning, In Paul's pursuit of Christ's followers, he asks for and receives permission to head to Damascus, which is an area near Jerusalem. And he wants permission to go there with the purpose of capturing and arresting as many Christians as he could while he was there and all along the way. But on his way to Damascus, Paul has this powerful encounter with Jesus, the very object, of Paul's anger and even hatred. The text said that after he speaks to the one and only Jesus, Paul becomes blind and doesn't eat or drink anything for the next three days. Paul's vision is then restored by a disciple of Jesus named Ananias, who who Jesus uh, sent, who tells Paul that he was sent by the Lord Jesus himself to make Paul see again and also so that Paul would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, Paul is able to see again. He gets baptized right away. And then soon, very soon, begins preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So in a very short amount of time, Paul's mission in life goes from persecuting Christians for following Jesus to preaching that Jesus actually is the true son of God and that everyone should lay down what they thought they knew and follow Christ. Paul goes on to write several letters to various churches all over the area. And those letters would later become part of the New Testament of the Bible that we read today. Suffice it to say, Paul comes away from this encounter with Jesus, with his life radically transformed. His life has drastically changed. And now instead of persecuting Christ followers, he not only becomes a Christ follower himself, but he becomes an early leader and missionary for the movement, teaching people about how to be more like Christ. So what does it take to transform a heart to be more like Christ? Well, we can see through the life of Paul that it takes an encounter with Jesus and it takes the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. No, our encounter with Jesus likely won't look like Paul's encounter on the road to Damascus, but it does begin with an encounter with Jesus. It begins with an encounter that calls us away from everything we thought we knew to a new life in and with Christ. And no matter how many goals we set, we simply can't do it on our own. Only God can bring radical transformation in us. But that doesn't mean that we aren't given some work to do as we go about the business of being a disciple of Christ. So our vision for this community to be filled with radically transformed disciples of Jesus comes with some tools. Some tools to help us learn and grow together in a community. Tools to help us care for each other. Tools to help us learn to lean on each other and to encourage and support each other. Tools that are meant to equip us for our discipleship journey. This is what E3 is about. It's what E3 has always been about, making disciples of Christ. We're about helping people encounter Jesus so that they can be radically transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does that look like? Well, Paul tells us in Romans that because of God's great mercy, we are to surrender our bodies as living sacrifices And that this is our very worship of God. Now, notice here that he didn't say to offer our minds by learning all that we can. Or our service by doing all that we can. He said that we are to offer our bodies, our whole selves. He means that in all that we do, with all that we are, When we interact with friends and family and co-workers, in all of our time, we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Yes, we need to read, study and learn all that we can so that we can grow. It's important for us to spend the time to get to know who God is in order for us to follow him. And yes, we are absolutely called to serve and love others. In order for us to look more like Jesus, we need to do what Christ did. He served. He loved. He was about justice and compassion. But we are also called to surrender our whole selves to God, to live like a radically transformed disciple, to continually make choices that reflect our discipleship, our love of Christ, our desire to be more like him. Even for Paul, the experience wasn't a one-time deal. There is a call for all of us as disciples to continually be pursuing our own radical transformation. And this journey may seem a little scary It may even seem a little dangerous as we explore what it means for us to offer our whole lives, our whole selves as a living sacrifice to God. It will certainly require a deep faith in God. We've already learned that Paul was not one of the original followers of Christ. So he didn't have the firsthand accounts of the miracles and teachings of Jesus. He didn't get to spend every single day with Jesus like the disciples did. But this tells us something about the deep faith that Paul had. Even the disciples who were with Jesus 24-7 during his time here on earth had their, they had their faith tested many times. Even knowing what they had learned and seeing what they had seen and witnessed with their own eyes, they still, the disciples still struggled with their faith, with their belief. Imagine how much harder it may have been for Paul to have this strong belief without that firsthand account, with no visible evidence or not as much visible evidence. And that's what faith is, right? Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Paul needed to have an incredible and deep faith as he went out as a missionary and a preacher of the gospel message. He had to trust that it was what he had been called to do. He had to trust the one who was sending him and he had to have faith that he would not be going alone. I imagine it would have taken a very strong faith to go out into those battlegrounds. I mean, what were the people that he encountered supposed to think about this drastic change in Paul? How were they expected to listen to him? And how were they expected to trust him? He, after all, still looks like the man who was responsible for the death of a lot of Christ followers. And here he is now claiming to be one of them. The people that he encountered had to have been skeptical and at least a little bit afraid of him, right? I mean, they knew his past. So how could they trust him? How could God really have called him of all people? And don't we question ourselves like that sometimes? I know my past. How could God choose me? How could God want me? What could God do with someone like me? I think we can look at the teachings of Jesus and see that he understood that he would have to say it a thousand different ways in order for it to sink into our minds and our hearts that we are his beloved for us to believe that regardless of the harshness of the world around us and what the world, how the world identifies us, that there is a greater life that belongs to us as we live as his disciples. And as disciples of Christ, we are the very presence of his love in a hostile world that is constantly changing, constantly challenging, constantly pushing and pulling us. And Paul's story of becoming a disciple of Christ is our story of becoming a disciple of Christ. We should always be about changing and evolving and radically transforming into being Christ-like. We should spend our lives in the process of becoming disciples because we're never really done with that process. Radical transformation into a disciple is going beyond what the world says is normal. It's having a deep faith that will allow every part of our life to be shaped by the gospel. It means trying to walk and talk and act like Jesus every day and in every possible way. The goal should be that as we live out radical discipleship in our daily lives, that others will see it and be drawn to it. It should be attractive to those around us. Discipleship goes beyond just believing and puts action to what you are learning about Jesus, it puts action to our deep faith. Discipleship is carrying out the commands of Jesus in every way possible. Ephesians 4 says that we should be growing in every way to become more and more like Christ. A radical disciple is one who will take any action that results in making disciples and growing the kingdom because that is what disciples do. They make other disciples. So as you are considering your goals, your personal goals for 2021, I'm asking you to consider in that your own discipleship journey. Are you walking, talking and acting like Jesus every day and in every possible way? Is your journey toward becoming more like Christ, attractive and inviting to those around you? Does your discipleship journey look like it's intentional? Because a disciple of Christ lives with purpose. A disciple of Christ lives with purpose by having a passion and a desire to know Christ with the goal of becoming more like Christ. A disciple of Christ lives with purpose by showing extraordinary love for others, showing compassion and care for those in need, and pursuing justice for those who are oppressed. A disciple lives with purpose by being sensitive and submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit and by engaging in biblical community, staying connected, accountable, and involved in the body of Christ. A disciple of Christ lives with purpose by being generous with their lives, their time, their talents, and their treasures. And being a disciple of Christ who lives with purpose lives with purpose by living their lives as examples of Christ so that others are drawn to Christ through the way that they live. Now, I happen to know mostly from Facebook. Yes, that's right. Your pastor watches you on Facebook occasionally. So be aware. I know that most of you are really, really, really excited to have 2020 behind us and are more than ready to start 2021. I totally get that. I'm with you. I'm ready too. But I wanna just mention something that I myself needed to be reminded of as I flipped the calendar page over to the new year this, a few days ago. As bad as 2020 was, and it was really bad in a lot of ways, the calendar was never the culprit. 2020, yes, it brought chaos and stress Unbelievable tragedy, more political division, more injustice, more pain, more unhealth, more anger, and more frustration. And for most people, it brought a great deal of fear. But the reality is this. Those things will not magically go away because you hung a new calendar on your wall. Some curse was not just magically broken on January 1st. Now, I want to make sure I'm clear here. I don't mean that things are not going to improve or that they aren't already improving for some people because they are. So I don't want to overlook that. But what I mean is that we're still on a roller coaster ride of circumstances that are constantly changing. And frankly, that's kind of normal, isn't it? I mean, things were definitely very different in 2020, different than anything we've ever experienced. But we're always riding some wave of change, aren't we? And if you want to experience a new year, one that is better than last year, regardless of the circumstances around you, then you are probably going to need to bring a new you into it. And if you want... A new you, it has to start with a very clear and specific target of where you're headed. An intentional plan for the change and the transformation that you want to see in your life. So take a look at where you are and see if you are living on purpose. See if you are intentionally on the way to becoming more like Christ. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we have very little control over most things, over external circumstances. But we can, however, control the way that we respond and react and the way that we move forward through the crises and through the celebrations and through the changes, both the planned and the unplanned changes, and yes, even through COVID. So if you are uh, expecting something different in this new year, then you'd better do something different than you did in 2020. We have the opportunity here to be better than we were last year, whether any of our circumstances actually get better or not. We have the opportunity to live out our deep faith as disciples of Christ by being more kind and less arrogant by being more generous and less selfish, by being more open-minded and open-hearted and less fearful and prideful. As we look at Paul's life, it reminds me part of a famous Oscar Wilde quote that has always been a favorite of mine that says, in part, it says, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I love that. Paul goes through a radical transformation through his encounter with Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes from being a primary threat, public enemy number one to all Christians. He goes from that to becoming a founding father of our Christian church. That tells me that God doesn't waste any part of our lives. He can and does use it all. This, E3, is a community that is about seeing radical transformation in every individual's life. A community that understands no matter where we have come from, we have the opportunity to live our lives with purpose, with kingdom purpose. And all of that begins with a deep faith in Christ. In 2021, it will remain E3's goal to be an irresistible community of radically transformed disciples, dwelling at the intersection of deep faith, authentic community and emerging culture. And I want you to try to imagine what the incredible impact could be on the world around us if we stay focused on that course.